Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. You're listening to the Best Morning Routine Ever podcast, the show that proves no one stumbles upon success ever. With your host, Lou Need. Every Mondays and Thursdays, we deliver cold heart evidence behind the power of a robust morning routine. Get ready to be transformed by the renewal of your mind. Hello, morning enthusiasts. Welcome to the Best Morning Routine Ever podcast. I am your host, Dr. Lou Need. And today I have the honor of introducing a very special guest to the show, Jamie Middle. Man, he is the um, founder and co-host of Flames Bearers, an award-winning podcast in the world's um, first storytelling platform, specifically for women Olympians and Paralympians. Her background is in media. She has managed over 30 million media portfolios for, you name it, big names like Yahoo, The Huffington Post, AOL, Verizon, to name a few. And so we're going to talk to her today about flames barriers. What does that entail to be an Olympian, an athlete? So with no further ado, Jamie, welcome to the show. Thank you. Super excited to be here. It's an honor. Yes. Tell us about your journey and background. Olympian yourself? How did oh. you become a part <laughs> I wish. I wish. Um, so I'd say in the, in the normal world, I, I do identify as an athlete. Uh, I played college soccer. I'm I'm training for my my second marathon, and I'm a certified yoga instructor. But when I when I work with these women, I definitely don't put on the the athlete hat because I think relative to them, my you know, frankly, my athleticism kind of just pales in comparison. But um, my my professional background is in the media space. I used to work for media technology companies and worked in the digital storytelling space. So managing ads, editorials for charitable causes. In terms of why I wanted to work with this demographic, so why Olympians and Paralympians in particular, this was at the beginning of the pandemic. Everyone was alone, isolated, frankly, in need of inspiration. Sports are one of the things that's always gotten me up and fired up in the morning. And I thought that it was something that everyone could support. I think that there are a couple universal languages that everyone can relate to. And I think that sport is one of those things. And then in terms of why females and Olympians and Paralympians, women athletes get less than 4% of sports media. So I wanted to be a, a part of changing that and giving them the credit I think they deserve. Yeah, I concur. What do you think that is? Why the less coverage? Um, because they are working just as hard, but <laughs> the hard focus is just on the male um, sports. Totally. And, you know, just on the able-bodied athletes. I mean, this was the first time in, in the Tokyo Paralympics were the first time that they were even covered prime time at all. So I, I think there's a couple, a couple different reasons why. I think historically people have used the arguments of, oh, well, the money isn't there in women's sports. That has now been kind of proven 
not to be true time and time again. The interest and the demand for women's sports has totally gone through the roof. So I, I don't think that necessarily applies. I think there's also just a generational lag. If you think of the reason why you support certain sports teams, for me, I grew up going to Boston Red Sox games because my parents were Boston Red Sox fans. So that's now the team I support. And I think that there's it just takes generations to build fans. And I think that there's a cultural change we're seeing where adults are, are going to start to say, I want to take my children to women's sports events because I want them to have these role models and for them to look up and support these people. But it, it just takes time for fan bases to be created. So I'm hopeful that you know, as as the young adults and children in the world grow up seeing more women's sports games and cheering them on and, and tuning in on TV, that the coverage will respond to that that increased demand. Mm. That's a so it's a generational thing. And you're right, it, it could take some time, but I, I think that's that's the closest to an uh, valid answer I've gotten <laughs> for that answer, for that question that I, that I wonder about. You know, you think if it's some sexism, you know, we think like who is who's in charge of making those decisions um, for these athletes, for these women athletes, you know, the WNBA. Right. For example. Completely. And then, you know, who are the people who are behind the scenes calling the shots in terms of who's getting covered and, and why? I think it's there are certain types of people that are still making those decisions. But hopefully that's going to change as as more more women get into positions of power, more people of color, more people with disabilities, more people from the global south. And and my hope is that, you know, people will begin to say, you know, this person was not in the room and therefore I need to to step up and be their voice mm -hmm. when I am in that room for them, because I think that's what will hopefully move the needle. Yeah, and I agree. And cheers to a fellow Boston fan. I'm from Boston myself. Um, live in San Diego now, but Red Sox. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I love like it. You and your parents. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, tell us about what, how you help the um, Olympians. What do you do with them? Sure. So our mission is to illuminate the stories of resilient women Olympians and Paralympians who are driving change in their local communities and around the world. So we tell their stories via podcast, live events, and soon to be video. And we help them in a couple different ways. I think it's really the value of being able to be heard and be seen it can't really be underestimated enough. So it's it's really important to us that we give these women a platform to share whatever it is that they want to talk about, however they want to talk about it. So when we work with an athlete, it is not us going in with an agenda we want to push and say, oh, we want to do a story on you and, and this is the angle. So it's really giving them the creative freedom and the ability to tell their story, how they they want it told. The other thing that I think we help with is is connecting them to other other women athletes or other people who are just passionate about supporting women in sport. One thing that I am I'm realizing very quickly is that there does not seem to be a lot of connectivity between um, a lot of these women at elite levels. So if there's introductions that we can facilitate between the athletes, between people in the media space, we're always, you know, quick and, and eager to go to bat to do that for them too. Mm -hmm. Connecting the 
making the community, creating a community, essentially, like you are doing. Exactly. Yeah. And from some, some of your experience, you, you're an athlete yourself. You were not, you know, not Olympian level. And neither am I. I've done a couple of marathons and half Ironmans. But these women are super tenacious, right? Like super driven. What is um, some of the highlights um, for you working with such um, powerful, like driven, badass women? <laughs> you know, it's um, selfishly, it's it's kind of what got me through COVID, if I'm going to be honest, because like you said, these women are so driven and motivated. And, you know, during COVID, when there was lockdown and people were working from home. These athletes were busting their butts day in and day out, frankly, not even knowing if the Olympics and Paralympics were going to happen because we didn't know what was going to be the outcome, but that didn't matter to them. So I think knowing that I'm not alone has been one of the greatest gifts for me is, is seeing those role models who, regardless of the outcome of their work, they're just saying, you know, I'm going to put my best foot forward and I'm going to go for it. And, you know, I'll be, I'll be damned if it, if it works, if it doesn't work out, but I'm not going to be the one to hold myself back. That's been really, really cool for me to see. I also, you know, I think. It's been really humanizing for me to work with a lot of these women. Um, growing up, I put a lot of and still continue to do put a lot of athletes on pedestals. You know, you mm-hmm. look up to people and you think, wow, they are they're pretty much like demigods and in, in, in the mind of a child. You think they're they're infallible, almost perfect beings. And not to say that the, anyone that I've worked with is not amazing, but I've just realized how human they are too. And I think that mm-hmm. that has actually made them more accessible to me. That they are that, you know, they 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 think, they breathe, they struggle with insecurities, they have tough relationships and they have bad days. And like that makes their journeys and their stories that much more relatable to a mere mortal like myself who, you know, isn't even close to the Olympics. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they yeah, they push their bodies to the max, to the exactly. limit, day in and day out. Now, on the topic of role models, like what role do childhood, you know, those idols play in the success of an athlete you know um having kids kind of have someone to look up to to kind of give them the perception like oh i can do this too um looking up at somebody you know that looks like them you know that that can kind of motivate them to pursue being an athlete totally i am a huge believer that if you can see it you can be it priscilla loomis i am a huge fan of she is a USA track and field Olympian. She she told me she's like, if you don't see it, you can I want to become it because she wants to make sure that that young woman and little girls have role models. When she was growing up, she didn't feel like she had people who looked and sounded like her. Mm-hmm. So she's now driven to being the person who who can provide a space and who can be that role model for for young women who she didn't have when she was younger. I think it's really important that people have role models who specifically look like them and mm-hmm. who sound like them. Because when you have someone who you can look up to, who you can relate to, you you then feel like you can chart the same course. And I know in my life, when I've had 
mentors or siblings or parents who have shown me the the way and kind of guided me that has made me feel so much more confident and trust in my process than frankly, if I'm doing something for the first time ever. And that is so scary and terrifying because you know, there's really no one you can fall back on except yourself. And you don't know if it's going to work out. So that's what we're all about. Our hope is that one day, young women have girls who look and sound like them from all corners of the globe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's nice to to see that someone that resembles you pushing it or come from your background, you know, pave the way so that you can follow in that that's that really speaks volume. And now for the athletes, uh, being an athlete yourself, what are some of, based on your experience, what are some of the do's and don'ts for every great athlete? Ooh, do you mean in terms of sports or in terms of storytelling? Sports. In terms of sports. Um, Okay. I would say some of the messages, and these are just messages that I've heard from from the women I've worked with. So these are not my personal takeaways, but just to lift up some of the things that they have told me is to one, never be your own ceiling. So to not let other people or your doubts limit you. So if there's something you want to manifest it and to make a vision board or whatever it is that is going to help you Keep that dream top of mind to go for it every single day. Another do is to surround yourself with people who believe in you and who are going to be your village. It's become so clear to me that the best athletes in the world got there with the support and on the backs of, of other people. And that alone... It's really, really hard to do that. But if you have a community around you, on those down days, you're going to have people who lift you up. I'd say the third do that I have have found is that always look back to where you came from and mm-hmm. to regardless of the level of success you you reach, to always know and stay humble in terms of where where you actually started. Mm, that was a good one. Powerful one. Did you give a don't? I only, I thought I only Ooh, would do. Okay. A don't. <laughs> um, that's a hard one. I feel like people, a lot of athletes had very context specific don'ts. I think one thing that was interesting that this is, there wasn't a don't, but it was just something that frankly, I hadn't thought about was that a lot of these women had to think through really intentionally around when to get pregnant because of the Olympic schedule. So again, this was not a don't. A lot of the athletes I work with are, you know, happily with child, have multiple kids. But one thing that I, I hadn't even thought about was how careful you have to be about planning when you get pregnant because of your sports competition schedule. So a lot of the women had to literally do their family planning around when are the Olympics and, and Paralympics and they have like four four year blocks when they could say, okay, this is this is the window. Go, it's time to get pregnant. It's time to have a child. <laughs> that uh, I don't think a lot of male athletes have to think about that way. That's a go-getter right there. We're planning everything. Everything right? is an achievement. <laughs> right? Right? You're like, okay, great. I have I have the multiple month period. If we want a child, we got to do it right now. 
<laughs> oh, that's awesome. Because I, I planned my child. I kid you not. <laughs> like, this is a good time. Well, I want baby born in this month. So let's go. Wow. <laughs> oh, that's so yeah. cool. <laughs> what happens? I've been blessed in that way. So I totally understand. When you have life goals, you got to plan around them, right? That's important. Like to be purpose driven, um, which these women are. Absolutely. Tell us about your, how you get up, dress up and show up. What's your morning routine like? Um, you know, I, I wish that I could say I, I have the consistent morning routine that I used to. I think one of the, the main benefits of working for yourself is the ability to be flexible and adaptable and to see how you feel in, in the moment. So I'd say on a day to day basis, I, I am up and at my desk by 9am every day. Sometimes I work out before that. If I have a big interview, if I have a big conversation and I really want to be on my game. Other days, I am at my desk responding to emails then. But I start off every day by making my to-do list. I'm the one who is really driving my business. Um, I don't have someone who is is saying, Jamie, these are the tasks you need to do today. I'm the one who has to generate those tasks and then hold myself accountable for actually doing them. So the really my North Star for the day is that list. And then over the course of the day, I constantly go through it and check things off, squeezing in usually a workout to keep me sane and, you know, making my my food over the course of the day. But really, I'm working at home. I'm I'm kind of beating the drum myself, which can be tiring and and to be honest, lonely at times. But at the same time, it gives me the ability to, you know, work with and speak with women like yourself who really inspire me and get me up. That's awesome. As an entrepreneur, that's that's it. You just you embody it. You just um, spoke on it. You wear multiple hats and you have to be able to make sure you have the energy to, to, to see it all through. Now, how satisfying is it to check things off that list? Oh, it is the best feeling. I actually, <laughs> um, so I used to do like a, I have a checklist and then I would cross it out. And then I decided, no, no, no. I, I actually love the feeling of like checking it and crossing it out. So now I, whenever I finish something, I give myself the satisfaction two times where I actually cross it off and then leave a little check mark next to, next to my item that I've completed. And it's those little wins that mm-hmm. keep me saying, you know, you're putting one foot in front of the other. You're moving the ball down the field stick with it. Um, Heck yeah. you know, and at, the, at the beginning of the day, when you make that list, it can be so overwhelming and you're like, where do I even start? But then, you know, at the end of the day, when you look back and you say, Hey, I, I did seven or eight things on this list. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. And it's nice seeing you chip away at that list. Sometimes my, my list overflows into the next day, into the next week, yes. but it doesn't matter because I keep adding to it, but I, I feel like I'm productive because I'm t- checking things off. I'm a list list person as well. Okay. So I totally understand. Now, um, tell us, how can we connect with you? Where can we find you? So you can find us at flamebears.com. That is our, our website. You can also listen to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts. Or you can find us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter under Flame Bears. So that's 
that's like flame, like the, the Olympic flame or the torch and then bears as in the people carrying it, flame bears. One thing I would love to do is, is we do a community spotlight series every week where we spotlight a, a woman who is passionate about sports, does not need to be an Olympian or Paralympian, and we tell her story. So if there's people in your community who are really passionate about sports and you identify as a woman, we would love to work with you to help get your story out to the world. Um, and you can express interest on our website. We have a community spotlight interest form that you can just fill out um, and we'll reach out to you to spotlight and elevate your story. Mm, sounds good. Thank you so much for sharing. Please do leave us with your favorite quote. My favorite quote. Okay. This is going to, we're going to throw it back to Dr. Seuss and it, <laughs> it's uh, be who you are and say what you feel because those who mind don't matter. And those who matter don't mind. Mm. And I love this quote because it is a constant reminder to me that my village is going to show up for me when I'm doing what is right for me, how I want to do it. And if there's haters, let them go. Powerful. Jamie, thank you so much for taking the time to join us today. Really appreciate having you on. Yes. Thank you so much for the great conversation. Awesome. All right, morning enthusiasts. That's it for today's show. Thank you for tuning in. If you love the best morning routine ever podcast, we'd love to hear from you. So go ahead and subscribe, rate, and give a review on iTunes or Google Play. While you're at it, tell a friend about the show. Be sure to visit bestmorningroutineever.com and our Facebook group to join the conversation, access the show notes, and discover our fantastic free bonus content. Until next time.